Come on, Journey. Let's celebrate everything that God has done in this past year. Come on. Come on. Man, super, super excited. I said this in the first service. I was really excited about this new year until I saw myself doing a backflip with no shirt on. So that's a great way to start this year. Dad bod. <laughs> super excited about that. So honored uh, to be able to bring to you the uh, first message of 2023. I don't know that I've ever had the opportunity and privilege. I'm so grateful for our team and our pastor and our elders, man, just to believe in the vision of this church and, uh, and believe in me. And so just so grateful to be able to talk to you today um, and present the gospel. And I'm, I'm praying that it's going to change someone's life. Hey, who in here has noticed... Um, Recently, over the last 5 to 7, 10, 20 years, that the world seems to be very easily offended. Anybody? Like, it's very easy to offend the world, yeah? So who also notices that all of those people that are offended and easily angered, it seems like a lot of them are Christians. Anybody? No? No? Oh, buddy. Thank you, Wade. I appreciate you, brother. Yes. Yes, it is. I know you don't want to agree with that statement, but we are easily offended. As followers of Jesus, we are easily offended by things in this world and mistakes by other people. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that we're easily offended? I mean, as the church, as followers of Jesus, shouldn't we be easily offended and upset and mad and angry at all of the sin and mistakes in the world when someone messes up? Shouldn't we stand up for the truth of the gospel? Isn't that who we're supposed to be? I'm being sarcastic just to start the day. If you're new, I'm not crazy. Um, But it does seem like that's who we are as followers of Jesus. And so I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about that thought of why we're so angry as a world and why we're so angry as followers of Jesus, why we're so easily offended. And what does the gospel say about that? And as followers of Jesus, how should we be Responding, And so I've entitled this message today, Stop Being Offended. And I have a rule when I uh, communicate a message. It is a rule that I live by. It was taught to me about 13, 14 years ago. um, That the message needs to convict me in a way prior to me speaking it so that I'm passionate about it and I feel it. And to be completely open and transparent with you, uh, in 2022, I found myself easily angered and offended. And even to this moment, I battle that every single day. And so I had a friend of mine in October of this past year, hey, you need to read a book by Brent Hansen called Unoffendable. And in that book, the author actually says that, hey, you can live a life that's unoffendable, which I'm kind of offended by. Right? I'm kind of offended by that because when you say that statement, what you're saying is me being easily angered and offended. There's no real grounds for that as a follower of Jesus. And all I can think is like, bro, you don't know the type of people that I deal with every single day. They're kind of crazy. They're kind of nuts. Also, Brent, you don't know that my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter told me the other day that my shirt looks tight. I'm offended. <laughs> they just say anything that's on their mind. And so I'm thinking I'm offended. But uh, truthfully, when I look at my life, I don't feel like I'm super offendable. Like I think that I have thick skin. I feel like that I have thick skin. I feel like that I'm in ministry. I've been married 13 years. We have three children. We deal with people every single day. We deal with each other every single day. So I feel like I have thick skin and I feel like I don't get offended all of the time. And then I think like, unless you hurt my wife, 
or you hurt my children, or you say something about my family, or you say something about the church, the gospel, my pastor, you say something about Jesus, you say something about my football team, you say something about the way that I dress, the way that I speak, the way that I act, maybe I am easily offended. (laughs) So I don't know about you, I'm easily offended and I'm easily angered and I've found that out about myself over the last year And through scripture and through prayer and through wise counsel, I feel like God is unpacking some things in my life and showing me, hey, you're being really offended and really irritable, and that's not how I want you to live. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about that. And I want to see what scripture says. I want to say as followers, or see how follower Jesus, how we're supposed to respond to that and how we're supposed to act. So let's do this. Let's pray. God, man, we are so thankful uh, for the opportunity to hear your gospel. We are so thankful, God, that uh, we came together for this first day of 2023. And we come together in freedom and we get to hear the word. And I pray, Father, as it goes forth today, we know that it, not, it will not return void. We understand that we may not see any type of growth immediately, but God, I'm praying that maybe even years from now, Father, that this word has been planted in someone's heart and soul and it begins to grow and affect their life. But God, if it can, if you desire so, if the person listening accepts and is willing to grow, God, I believe today that they can start a change in this new year to not be so easily offended and angry. In your name we pray, everyone said amen. So hey, we're going to introduce the big thought for today through scripture. And so we're going to get that from James, who is the half-brother of Jesus. And it's in chapter 1, verse 19 of James. Um, And so he is actually giving us an assignment. And you'll see that. Take note of this, is what he says. Take it down. So if you're in this place and you got the handout when you walk in, make sure it's on there. Make sure you highlight that. If you don't, you need to write it down, put it on your phone, take a picture, whatever you got to do. Because this verse, James is about to drop some wisdom on us. This is what he says. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. I like this verse. It's one of my favorite because it doesn't seem like it's exclusive to Christians. And and, and what I mean by that is he's saying everyone should be. Everyone should be this way. Not everyone will be this way, but if you want to impact the world and if you want to make it much about Jesus, then you need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So my question for you is, how are you doing with this assignment? How are you doing with this assignment? Because if we look at the culture that we live in today, it says the exact opposite of this. See, the gospel says that we're quick to listen, and we should be slow to speak, and we should be slow to anger. But the world says the opposite. It says slow to listen and quick to speak, and quick to get angry. Now, I don't know if you agree with me, but in my own study, in my own life, and what I've seen through social media and news outlets and just people around me, and again, my own self, it seems followers of Jesus have adopted this model. We have adopted this model. We have adopted this model in our homes, in our relationships, that now we're going to be slow to listen and we're going to be quick to speak and quick to get angry. So when I get really mad about something, I'm going to make a big deal about it and I'm going to get frustrated because I'm offended. And instead of being slow 
slow, slow. Jesus modeled this for us. Jesus modeled this for us, James chapter 1, verse 19. And I get that he's Jesus and he's perfect. No one has asked us to be perfect, but he's given us a model to live our life by. Because when you study his life in the recorded gospels, it seems that Jesus was asked 183 questions, but he only answered three. Quick to listen and slow to speak. And then depending on what gospels or version of the the Bible you read and who you ask, it seems that he only got angry, upset between one and six times. Slow to get angry. Jesus was quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. But when we look at today's world, the culture has elevated anger. Like, listen, like when I, again, transparency, and I believe in that. Full transparency in this moment. Um... I'm not always like a happy-go-lucky person. And so my, my anger has elevated in my life. It's happened in this world with all of us. Like, listen, I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off and I'm like, come on, you idiot. You're like, I'm screaming. Nobody's in the car and he can't hear me, but I need to get it out. You stupid idiot. I'm yelling. I'm offended. You cut me off. I got kids in the back. Just a month ago, I was in a Walmart parking lot and I accidentally took someone's space I didn't know they were waiting on and they gave me the middle finger. And I'm like, you idiot, I'm offended. And I'm thinking, well, later on I go, well, you're the dummy who took his spot. He's upset with you. The other thing that I'm not really great with is when I text you at 8 a.m. and you respond at 6 p.m. for the love. I get so offended. What else is more important than me right now? <laughs> and you're laughing, but a lot of us are that way because we're impatient and I need it now. We have elevated anger, but here's the other thing is that now it's went beyond that. It's went beyond that. You get on social media and it's who have you voted for? You're wearing a mask, you're not vaccinated. And we're angry. And then there's that thing that we're most passionate about. Nobody else cares about, but we're really angry about it. Like I'm angry, I'm offended by this thing. And so I'm really mad about it. I'm really angry. And here's the dumb thing, because in our mind, I don't know how we process this, but if you aren't angry about the thing that I'm angry about, then I'm angry with you. I'm offended by you. And I don't know about you, but over the last couple months, the last year, I have found myself easily angered, easily offended. I just don't know how that's pleasing to God. I just don't know how that's pleasing to God. And and when I look at the world and, and, and I look at myself, look, I think there are people who like to be angry. Like you may not walk around looking for things that make you angry and offend you, but, and maybe there are some people like that, but most of the time you find something and then you get a little group of people and like, we're really angry about pit bulls and dogs and I hate spinach and we're just mad about everything. And then we gossip and we scream and we make Facebook, like Facebook groups about it. And I'm mad. Who's going to, you're going to do a march. Like we just get mad and we get with our people and now we're really angry. Like, here's what I mean by like, Here at Journey, we have life groups. And just a quick plug, life group rally day is going to be January the 29th. So who's excited about that? Come on, Journey. Come on. 
We want you to join a life group, jump in. We believe better together. That's where you're going to grow. That's where you're going to connect. We don't want you to just be a face on Sunday morning. We want you to serve and be a part of this church. And in those life groups, you're going to grow and there's purpose and you're going to get fulfillment and, and, and from connection and community. And so people gravitate to those because they're good. But there are people who have like angry groups and offended groups. And they just make, this is, we're going to meet on Sunday night at Doug's house and we're going to talk about what makes us mad. And they're just going to be mad. And they walk around offended. And I just don't know how that's pleasing to God. And it gives us some type of power. It gives us some type of power. That's why I feel like we love to be angry, right? It gives us some type of authority over other people because, well, I'm right. And you're wrong. And that gives me power over you because nothing you can say, I'm right and you're wrong. And I'm offended by your actions and by your words. And you're, if you don't agree with me, then you're evil or you're an idiot or you're an evil idiot. I just don't know how this is pleasing to God. And so my question for you today is this is, how's it going? How's it going? How is your anger? How is your offended uh, offended heart? How is that working for you? Is that pointing to Jesus? Is that making your life better? Spoiler, it's not. It's not making your life better. And how do we know that? Scripture tells us in James chapter 1, verse 19, we just read, we're going to add verse 20 to that. So let's read 19 again. Understand this, my brother, dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Verse 20, why? Human anger. Why should we be, why should we act that way? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Your human anger, my human anger, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what it is, major betrayal, small events, opposing political sides, your human anger and my human anger does not produce the results, the righteousness that God desires. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, yeah, but mine is angry. Like I'm in a righteously angry and I'm righteously offended at their sin and their mistakes. So I, it's okay to feel that way, right? I can be righteously angry. Maybe so. And maybe that's how you feel. But isn't it funny that every time we're righteously angry about sin, it's always someone else's. It's always someone else's sin. How many times have you found yourself making a mistake and you stop on the side of the road after screaming at the car next to you because they cut you off and you're angry with how you acted? You're angry with the way that you were offended. Because as followers of Jesus, it's really easy to point out their foul language and criticize the way they talk and forget that we're addicted to pornography. It's real easy for us to judge their sexual immorality but forget about our gluttony. And I don't think that is very pleasing to God. So how effective is your anger? 
How effective is your anger? Is it helping make the world a better place? Is it strengthening your marriage? Is it building the relationship between you and your children stronger? Is it making you a better leader? Is it bringing peace, joy, and happiness to your life? And is it pointing others to the kingdom? So here's the deal. When we get angry and we get offended because none of those things are happening while we are offended and while we are angry, But when we get offended and when we get angry, we have to make a decision. You're going to either make a point or we're going to make a difference. You're going to make a point or you're going to make a difference. That's the only options. And anyone in here who has been married long enough, when you get in an argument, listen, me and my wife, type A personalities. So when we bicker, we bicker. And here's the deal, after 13 years, I've recognized, and she's recognized, that when we get on opposing sides of something and we're arguing, no one wins. No one wins the argument. And so we have to recognize as followers of Jesus and light in a dark place, we are the the bride of Christ. We are love in a dark world. We're supposed to share that with others. And we can't do that while we live in this offended, heart-filled, hate-filled, angry-filled life. We cannot make a point. We're here to make a difference. We are here to make a difference. It is not about winning an argument. It is about winning people to the kingdom of God. This is not about who is right and wrong. This is about loving people and and treating them and giving them empathy and love and compassion. There was an expert in the gospel in the New Testament that was an expert in the law. And he came to Jesus and he was asking, hey, what's the most important thing? What's the most important thing? The most important thing. And Jesus understood his heart. And so this is the way that he replied. He said, Jesus replied that you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he said, a second and equally important, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So how do we love God? We give him every being of our body, our mind, our soul, our heart. It all belongs to you. I don't know how to lead myself. I'm doing a really bad job. I love you. I'm giving it all to you. And secondly, we love his people and we hand out empathy and compassion and grace and love. Why? Because you got it from God and so they need it from you. And the only way that those people will see the love of God a lot of times is through our actions and through our words. And so they need love. They need empathy. They need grace, just like you. Jesus did not call us to be right. He called us to be loving. And as disciples of Christ, how are we going to fight against the forces of darkness? We are going to lead by loving and not lead with anger because I'm not trying to make a point. I'm trying to make a difference. So the question is, how do we learn to let go of our anger and overcome offenses? How do we let go of anger and overcome our offenses? 
The first thought is not going to be very popular, but give me an opportunity to explain. This is how we're going to do that. We're going to learn to lower our expectations of others. We're going to learn to lower our expectations of other people because I don't know about you, but there are people in my life, my standard and expectation for them is so high that when they wake up in the morning, they are immediately a failure. They will never reach those standards or expectations. Your spouse cannot fulfill you. Only Christ Jesus could. So give them a break. We've got to lower your expectations. And we're going to remember that sinners do sinful things. And we shouldn't be shocked by that. We shouldn't be shocked by that. Paul told Timothy in the second book of Timothy, hey, you want to know how things are going to be towards the end? You want to know what the world's going to look like, Timothy? What to expect? This is what he says. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. They're going to be, there we go, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does that sound familiar? So we're not going to live in a world anymore where we're shocked when someone messes up. We're not going to be offended so easily and so easily angered when others messed up. Because all have fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned and all made mistakes. And newsflash, if they're not Jesus, they're not perfect. And just also, let me say this. Pastor Mike, our lead pastor here, me, the elders, the leaders of this church, the pastors, we are going to mess up. We're going to fail you. We're not going to meet your expectations. At some point, it's going to happen. And please, please for me, for us, for the kingdom, do not say that God is not real and the church abandoned you because that's not true. God is real and the church didn't abandon you. What did happen is a sinful person wasn't perfect just like you're not perfect. And it's not fair to hold people to standards that they will never reach. And we walk around angry and offended. So we're not going to be shocked anymore. Jesus was not shocked by self-centeredness and sexual immorality. He wasn't shocked by those things. Think about Peter, his guy. This was one of his disciples. This was the man who recognized who Jesus was. You were Jesus, the Christ. And Jesus says, I'm going to build this church my rock, on, that, on that profession. Like you're, Peter was the man in that moment. And at the Last Supper, he's like, Jesus, I got your back. I got your back. No one else has your back. I have your back. Even after Jesus says, no, you're going to deny me three times. I know. What does Peter do? He denies Jesus three times. He stabs Jesus in the back and he abandons Jesus. What did Jesus not do? He didn't leave his life group. He didn't get on Facebook and rant, all people suck. He brought Jesus or he brought Peter to breakfast. And he loved Peter and he forgave Peter 
and he gave Peter his purpose. So how are we going to let go of our offenses? How are we going to get over this angry mindset that we have? We're going to lower our expectations of others because we are all sinners and it's not fair to point fingers at them when we need the same love and grace. The last thing we're going to do is this. We're going to raise your gratitude for God's grace. You're going to raise your gratitude for God's grace. Real quick, how many of you have never sinned? How many of you? I was hoping somebody would raise their hand. <laughs> how many have never sinned? You've never made a mistake. You've never cheated. You've never lied. You've never gossiped about a friend. You've never passed gas in an elevator. Anybody? <laughs> I get that that's not a sin, but if you've ever been in that situation, you'll think different. Because we've all sinned and we have all fallen short and we have all messed up. So the question is, what makes us right with God? If we're messed up, what makes us right with God? Ephesians chapter 2 says this. That's important. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. He saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done. So none of us can boast about it. Verse, excuse me, I'm, my bad, I backed up. None of us can back us up. None of us can boast about it. None of us can boast about it. It's because of God. It's because of the grace of God. It's because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Nothing you can do, nothing you can have, none of your good looks made you right with God. It was his grace. It was his love, his desire to be with us. And Jesus is the one that bridged that gap, gap. It is by grace that we are made right with God. And I know that you're thinking right now, you're thinking, I get all of that. And I understand all of that. But they hurt me. And they lied. They're arrogant. And they're offending me. I can be arrogant. Yeah, but they, they stole from me. And I've stolen. They betrayed me, Tony. I get it. But I'm angry and I'm offended. I've betrayed people. And I, like you, need the exact same grace that you desire from God that you desire from others and they need that from you because that's how we build the kingdom. That's how we love people. I need God's grace just like they do. This is, um, this is my stone. I have a physical stone right now, but all of us have a spiritual stone. And I have this stone just in case you hurt me. Because if you hurt me, I have my stone. And really quickly, I do not want to minimize the hurt and the shame and the pain that you may be enduring right now from a past relationship because a spouse cheated on you. I was molested as a child. I know that that is real 
And I know that you're hurting and you're angry and you're offended. And a lot of times when we're experiencing those emotions, the thought tends to enter our mind. It's I'm right and they're wrong. And they have hurt me. And if we're not careful, our anger and our offended heart will give us the right to hold the stone and be ready to throw it at a moment's notice. In John chapter 8, there is a woman that is found in adultery and an angry group of men, they pull her out of the bed and they throw her in front of Jesus. And they all have their stone and they're looking at her. They're looking at Jesus. They, she's offended me. She's broken the law. She needs to be stoned. She needs to die. What do you say we do, Jesus? And the Bible says that Jesus knelt down in the sand and he began to write. Now, we don't know for sure what he wrote, but tradition says that he began to write the offenses and the sins of those that are holding the stone. And one by one, they dropped their stone and they walked away. Because Jesus is saying, all right, you want a reason to be angry? I get that you're offended. You want a reason to throw your stone? Okay. Well, the first one, that one who has no sin, that one can throw a stone. That one that's never messed up, you can throw the stone. And one by one, they drop their stone and they walk away. What I feel like Jesus is trying to tell us through that moment is that really angry people have a really hard time making a really big difference. Really offended people have a really hard time making a really big difference. And I get that they've hurt you and I know that they've offended you. But maybe next time when you're hurt and you've got your rock and you're ready to throw it, You've offended me. You've hurt me. Who'd you vote for? You're wearing a mask. Next time that moment comes, maybe instead of throwing the stone, we will lower our expectations for others and raise our gratitude for God's grace because our expectations are too high and we have to recognize that they deserve grace too. From us, they deserve compassion. Instead of throwing our stone, we drop it. And we show compassion and we show love and we do everything we can to understand in that moment that they're not perfect. Jesus did not call you and me to be right. He called us to be loving. He called us not to make a point, but to make a difference. And Jesus was quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. I want to be that way. And it's going to be a struggle every day, but I want to be that way. I want to be that way. Why? Because my human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It will not help my marriage. 
It will not help my children. It will not build his kingdom. And so I don't want to be that way. I want to be like Jesus. And I know that it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. And so my goal in this year and for the foreseeable future is not to make a point. It's not to be right. But it's to share with those so they can see the love of the one who changed me forever. And his name is Jesus. And I cannot do that if I'm always offended and always angry. Church, we are called to love those and give compassion. Not get walked all over, but love. That is my desire. That is Journey Church's desire. And as followers of Jesus, I'm challenging you to accept that for the year 2023. I'm going to lower my expectations of others, and I'm going to raise my gratitude for God's grace. With head bowed and eyes closed, can we just pray, God, you are so incredible. And I'm so thankful, Father, for the word going forth today. I'm so grateful for the gospel. I'm so grateful grateful for transparency. I'm so grateful for your son, Jesus, who has lived in a perfect life here on earth, was wrongfully accused, hung on a cross, died, buried, and resurrected. And in a relationship with him, I can have a new life. It is by your grace and it's by your son that I am made right with you, that we are made right with you. And I'm praying for those in this room today that's heart is offended. I'm praying that they would begin to walk towards grace, understanding, empathy, compassion. I pray, Father, that they would hear your words. And allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. If you're in this place today and you say, man, I have missed out on a relationship with Jesus. And I want to start now a new relationship with him. I've never had one. But this man, Jesus, loved me so much that he was willing to come to this earth. And he was willing to die for my mistakes and my sin. And through his death, burial, resurrection, now I can have new life in a relationship with him. This this 2022 life that I led, that's dead and gone in a relationship with him. And I knew I want that. And I desire to start my life this new year that way. If that's you, hey, I just want you to raise your hand because it's going to be me and you. I don't want to say a prayer. And I want you to repeat after me, wherever you are, this is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. If you say, hey, I am ready to accept Jesus as my Savior, and you've never done that, never done that before, can you just raise your hand really quickly? Just me and you. Father, as we celebrate this moment and we respond in this moment, God, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. God, I'm so grateful for the word going forth. I know that it's going to change someone's heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.